The Glue Guys is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Nets ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest and easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, so easy to navigate. Just takes two taps to check out. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome back to Glue Guys. This is Mike Arisola. Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetSaley.com, The Athletic. Brian, 40% off an athletic subscription right now. TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. iTunes, I started to need one ad from Brian. The Nets are back. How are you? Wow. Um, I'm good. I'm good. How's every little thing, Mike? Don't skip a detail. There is one more detail that I did not say, and it's something that is happening live right now. Brian, where else are we on the internet? Oh, we're on Twitch. Um, <laughs> Twitch.tv backslash or forward slash, I don't know, you know, the normal slash, glue guys. Um, that's where you can interact with us live. Cherboy ES6788 is typing now to us. Brian called the Ingram career game before it happened, which is 100% true. I was live at that game talking to people, said we were all thinking about who's going to be having the career night. And obviously it was going to be Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Um, so lock that one in, Mike. I think um, I've deduced who ES6788 is. I think so, too. Uh, <laughs> could, be, could be a mole. Um, very nice. Um, see how I did that talking to some people? You like that? By the way, so protect just, everyone's anonymity. Yeah, go ahead. Just so everyone knows what's happening on Twitch right now, I think it's a really great presentation that Brian has developed, which is that like oh, we, we have Brian's beautiful face in the bottom left of the screen, a rotating glue guy symbol on the top left of the screen, and the main picture of the screen is Nets basketball. We're just rolling highlights, rolling streams. Brian is expanding in size as we're speaking. It's a really a fun way to engage with the podcast, Brian. You can, you can just start messaging us as we're doing this. We're doing this a lot, so this is just part of the of the greater extension yeah. of the glue guys and someday we'll get our stuff together and get discord popping which is linked to a, that discord in our bio on twitter at bk glue guys god we're just plugging away holy lord i'm realizing um discovery by the way i made a discovery today before we get going on the nets made a discovery brian yeah good i had a cup of coffee okay <laughs> okay and i had a, a bottle of of just plain seltzer water and I poured, oh, not no. really sure I can explain how I did it, but I did pour some of the seltzer water in the coffee. Tastes pretty great. Seltzer coffee. Tastes- <laughs> what do you mean you, you don't remember how that happened? You went into a fugue state and just started <laughs> well, pouring? I had a completest moment. I also had a pint glass, and I filled up the pint glass with the seltzer, and I still had like I a see. little bit of seltzer left in the bottle. And I was like, I just want to mm. get this bottle out of my life. I'm done with this bottle. So I poured it in the coffee. Be like experiment time it's pretty good seltzer coffee try it out wow sounds gross and weird mike good stuff it's kind of like an egg cream you ever had an egg cream in your life i have yeah 
Uh, it's not really like that, but kind of like that. <laughs> Good. You know what um, also is like not like the thing that we thought it was going to be? What's that? Spencer Dinwiddie, Brian. Oh, wow. You want to come out firing super uh, hot takes out. Huh? Spencer Dinwiddie is not good at basketball. Whoa. Whoa. No. Those are spicy takes. Just right now. He's he's like pretty bad. Um, and so if you haven't been following this season, this is kind of an interesting moment because Spencer's been shooting 24% from three. He's made a really big deal about how he's adding the James Hardenness step back three to his game. Uh, certainly not there. Um, if you just look at his just his averages, you're thinking, oh, typical Spencer Dinwiddie season. Though, if you watch the game, he was pretty horrific last night against the Pelicans. You were there in person. Did it stand out to you, the Dinwiddiness of it all? It was actually kind of unfortunate that there was like a pretty audible groan towards like the last two of those fairly egregious turnovers, I'll say. Um, which I and like there was a moment where you know uh, walking off the court, you could tell Spencer was um, in his feels to a certain extent, uh, in a way that I'm not used to seeing Spencer in his feels. He seems like generally, you know, he channels his inner Vegeta and and um, yeah. So music uh, music boy, true boy music boy in uh, Twitch TV chat is saying leaves his feet with no plan that's true that was something i like have written down here to talk about um that's like a completely new thing i've never seen spencer dinwiddie just get himself in the air with not without somebody to pass to um it's a strange i think it's a i don't know it's like there is some kind of jitters about the expectations of the years maybe i I don't know there's something going on but i it's not obviously i'm not like worried about it long term it's just a little frustrating to watch short term tbh and it it's a little bit surprising because if you're kind of going through the nets that you understood what you were going to get from them going into the season, the guy with the most unchanged role besides probably Joe Harris is Spencer Dinwiddie. He's the bench guard, guy coming off the bench, running the second unit, doing the thing that he did last year, you know, replacing a high usage guard in D'Angelo Russell coming into the game, doing that now for Kyrie Irving. So it's, it's, Odd that this is the guy that is having these sort of issues. Um, it's so early in the season, though. I was going through. I was kind of just. I don't know why I did this, but I did my own like personal power rankings of okay. the NBA. Cute, because I find it's a good way to kind of understand what's happening. You look through each team. You see intriguing things like Markel Fultz is shooting about two and a half threes a game, which is quite intriguing because he was allegedly terrified to shoot just last year. So now he's actually shooting threes more so than Ben Simmons ever will. Uh, All very interesting. But, like, it's so early. We're we're seven games in. Ultimately, is Spencer the reason why the team is kind of underwhelming? I wouldn't say he's the reason. No. But it's just stood out so distinctly that he – he hasn't been playing that well. Yeah, it's playing poorly. It's funny because we're coming out with some negative takes, and as True Boy Captain Marvelous thirty three remarks, like we got to win. That was a you know a, a much needed W, um, big W, <laughs> big W and, against the horrible and, Pelicans, and one that we like super severely needed. But like we did cough up a big lead, and it looked uncomfortable at times. And it's basically doesn't seem like the bigger issues have been resolved. Um, and so like I would say that the Spencer Dinwiddie stuff is just part of the many little tiny issues and the aggregate of all those tiny issues have been troubling. Um, I mean, like, not to just, like, go by listing names and and saying what they're doing wrong, but (laughs) 
Um, here, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, your boy Karis Levert is also going through. I mean, like he's working very, very hard for those like twenty points that he's getting, um, and it feels not. Um, it feels off. Uh, it feels like basically like he's missing his playmaking ability entirely, and he's just going with his side to side ISO heavy stuff. Um, and I don't like that as much as I liked it when he's you know looking for little passes down low and, 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 you know, doing like a bunch of other like little things that made it seem like the game was coming easier to him at, at times last year. Yeah. Um, I, I've been feeling, so his outside shooting has been yeah, as good as it's ever been. Way better. Yeah. Obviously yeah. there's like, yeah, let's all celebrate that because that's definitely huge. And I did see flashes of the old Karis, you know, whatever, you know, he's such a developing player that it's like each stage, like each month, it may be a different thing from what Karis Levert was. Which is partly why that he got the contract he did. You know, like if you look at all the guys who signed extensions right before the season began versus Karis LeVert's extension, you would say Karis's contract is like an absolute steal at this point, which it is. But part of the reason is because like, okay, what's the best defined stretch of Karis's career? It was before the injury last season, and then he got mm-hmm. hurt. And then he kind of had to be folded back into a D'Angelo Russell team. And then it was the two weeks against the Sixers where the Nets were bad, but like Karis LeVert was awesome. Um, but like, I think, yeah. I think, and it's also like just and not to keep harping on it, but like the why Joe Harris has, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm wanting to feature Joe Harris a little bit more heavily at this point. Um, why I think he isn't enduring all these same kind of like growing pains or whatever is because he's just sticking to exactly what he did last year, which is like he has no you know, delusions about being anything other than what he is, which is like a kind of surprising good driver and like very good, obviously three point shooter. Um, Karis Levert needs to like kind of look to Joe Harris and say that like his, you know, all he does is stay in the triple threat position and do one of those three things like immediately when he gets the ball. Um, He either shoots it, he passes it or he drives it. He doesn't pound it into dust, which is what Karis is doing now. Um, and that's like what you know the best basketball like like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are the best in the business for that exact reason, just doing those those things at the highest level. Um, and I think that when our team is clicking best, it's when like we have just drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and kick. Um, and we don't have we're not seeing enough of that. And it's I it's hate I hate to point to Spencer and Karras as like the you know the problem, but like they are definitely doing that way more than anybody else. Yeah, and like so Joe's been pretty phenomenal to start the season. I mean, you have 15 points, two assists, whatever, four rebounds, but his averages are like out of this world great, 55% from three on six shots per game. And at times it's like he is one of the few things, one of the few players on this team whose offense works in an overall team offense concept, meaning that like Kyrie is individually brilliant. And yes, Kyrie can get a guy a bucket, but like ultimately it's all on Kyrie. And it's so ISO heavy. Everyone thing, everything feels ISO heavy. But with Joe, it because of who he is, he's a shooter rolling off screens. It's the only flashes we get of a, a coherent, you know, team oriented offense. The Nets' mm-hmm. offense is like, if you look statistically across, look at offensive rating or whatever pace yeah. and all that. Like it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. So much attention's been placed on the sort of awkwardness of the offense when like. It's been pretty amazing. Um, yeah. 
really I mean, when it's go. working, when it results in one of those plays, it's great. And Triple Captain Marvelous is working on how Spencer is playing like we need him to save us each game instead of being a bench caretaker and shot creator. And I couldn't agree more. It's not like for a lack of effort. Everyone seems like they're trying super hard. Um, that's not like the issue. And it's also kind of true on defense, too. Like there is a like palpable intensity Almost, and I think that's where it's like defying them a little bit. Like I, I was just watching Torian Prince, and I don't want to continue to berate him for his defense, but it is pretty bad. Um, like he he bites on every super lame pump fake. Like he will fly out of the arena on a Drew Holiday like slow motion pump fake, and it's like why? Why? How could you bite on that fake so hard? Like, and you know people don't generally deride players for biting on fakes, but it's like you know a big problem if you continue to do it over and over again. And, um, and like, yeah. so in his scoring, even though this team is scoring at such a great rate, it is important because, you know, last year we saw in the playoffs, like the indictment of the fact that the Nets needed someone like Alan Crabb out there was so obvious. The Nets didn't, they didn't have like a real second shooter, uh, like a Joe Harris type, you know, obviously D'Angelo Russell was a good three point shooter, but a guy who was known as this big shooting threat that would stretch the floor and Prince has been shooting 41% from three on eight about eight attempts a game. Like, he provides that. Yeah. Defensively, though, it is so obvious that teams go after him specifically because he, like, whatever, almost whatever guy is, is he's matched up against, they just go to the hoop because they pretty much know that he's not going to put up a resistance. I mean, there was only one time I can remember like towards the end of the game where he was guarding Brandon Ingram for a obscenely long time and getting absolutely roasted, obviously. Um, And like only one play I can remember where uh, they were inbounding it right to Brandon Ingram and which they had been doing all night, just like give it to him and let him do it where he like, you know, Torian Prince poked it out of bounds and he couldn't get the ball. It's like, Okay, like do do that over and over. Like, give me some kind of ball denial. Give me some level of pressure that's just beyond like reacting to his his drive and pulling up at, at the elbow and you know hitting it every every freaking time. Um, and I just like the idea that I can like point to that one thing. I was like, oh, that's what like ball pressure looks like. If we had some, um, is troubling. <laughs> you know. You know what's so like what's really been hurting this team? I think defensively is that Karutz is still. He is so clearly has no clue what's happening anymore on a basketball court. Yeah. And he, like, so he, in like in the perfect world, uh, I think in even on Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Atkinson said, you're not going to put <coughs> Torian Prince on the bench and start Karutz. Though, obviously the team played great with Rodion's in the starting lineup last year. But like the ultimate starting lineup would actually probably be putting Torian Prince on the bench to play with Dinwiddie to upgrade the bench unit scoring wise and hope that Rodion's is like reignites the sort of defensive versatility that he had last year, because you don't need more scoring in the starting unit. You have plenty of it. What you need is actually like a defensive only another big, who's a defensive only guy. And Rodion's just like, isn't that guy right now? Like this isn't the, whatever his headspace is at the moment, He's not capable of being that guy. And I, and I, the Nets really need to pull that out of him. And the whole mission of Kenny Atkinson should be to get Rodion's to that place where he can actually be playing on the floor with Kyrie, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, and either Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan. And the whole focus is you're just going to play defense. You're going to be the secondary shot blocker. You're going to be the intense rebounder. 
and on pick and rolls, if you switch on to any any guard, that you're going to give them a lot of crap because mm-hmm. Torian Prince isn't going to do that. That's not just you know. Unfortunately, he's that's his character flaw. You know, like that. That is the thing that won't ever exist in his life. <laughs> he won't be able to do that, but he does a lot of other really good things, which I really like. So I don't want to make it like all like a Torian Prince bash fest because he's been pretty good. Like, you know, and he's been as advertised offensively, if not actually probably better. Um, um, but your boy, Captain Marvelous, again, remarking astutely, as he often does. Says, I don't get it. Why does Kirks deserve to get demoted? Everyone is crapping on him, yet he's a young player who got demoted after helping the team last season. No one is talking about how that might affect his confidence, but we say it about Jarrett and when DJ starts. Um, there's probably some level of truth to that, that he just like kind of implicitly got got demoted. Like Torian Prince has his position, and it's just not contested, really. Um, he's fighting for minutes, like pretty desperately for bench minutes at the moment. Um, yeah, of, of the guys who actually get like you know, more than 10 minutes a game. Kurutz is at the bottom of the list in terms of minutes played per game. He gets 12 minutes a game. Dave Nwaba's averaged more this season, but, you know, Nwaba hasn't played in a couple of games so far. But it is hard to justify Kurutz if he's not doing, like, the disruptive thing that he does so well or did so well last year. Like, uh, him just having, like... Him just being a body out there is not super useful. He's not. He does not seem eager to shoot the ball. Like it's, um, it's not a huge value add. Like it. Don't get me wrong. I would like to see him get more minutes over like Garrett Temple. Until I kind of wish that that. Have you ever heard the Dwayne Casey thing where he would um, give people uh, index cards of what he thinks their role is? Um, oh, I love that though. Doesn't that good? So apparently, I don't. This is, could be a meme, but uh, a friend of mine who's a Pistons fan was saying that that was one of his favorite details that he heard about uh, Dwayne Casey. Um, and that like, if you wanted to change the, the narrative that he has about you, like you can do that, but that like, just so you know that you're on the same page, this is what I think of you. (laughs) And like, I think Garrett Temple needs that index card, um, a lot too. Like, cause like, I mean, he's not, he's like slowly being molded into just like the three and D player that he needs to be. But anytime that he drives and then wants to start up, pull it back out and still keeps his dribble. Like my heart stops a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I do, I, you know, I'm a, I'm going to support Garrett Temple in. That. I, and again, this is we're being nitpicky here. Just yeah. trying to like again, it's an aggregate, which is why it feels so lame to be to be doing going through all these like tiny details. But they do add up to sort of our woes. Yeah, and and like there's a clear reason why the Nets have been disappointing this season. You know, the the Pistons game was the disappointing one because they basically had no one besides Andre Drummond, and. The Nets still lost that game. And it's like, you know, at a certain point, it's too early to say it's at this point, but they're, a team is what they are. Uh, the Bill Parcells quote, you you are what your record says you are. And it's, again, there's a lot. This team is pretty disjointed. And I'll go back to the point I think I made on the last show, which is basically like disjointedness actually shows is more of an impact on defense than offense. I mean, Again, offensively, they look weird, but they're super effective. Defensively, they're bad. They're very bad. Um, And it's going to make it hard to beat the teams like an injury-riddled Pistons team or, you know, having to kind of sweat it out against the Pelicans. Like, there there was a moment, it was, the score was, like, within two, and near the end of the game, a game that felt pretty assured, pretty much in hand, and the Pelicans which shouldn't be good at basketball really at the moment because they don't have Zion 
it was a close game. It's a close game because they can't really play defense. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, again, on display, you know, last night, which is why, and again, it was a win, so it's hard to be so negative it's great, about it. It's a great um, so <laughs> but, dude. But, I like, so they made that run that. to come back in the game with guys like Jackson Hayes and Frank Jackson, who are names yes. I did not know until last night. I didn't, they, they those are like... Uh, those sound like default names for NBA 2K players. Like when you like, you know, go into the next year season or whatever, and they make up new people. Those are the names. Those are the names. Um, yeah. And they actually probably look exactly like those default yeah. players look like. Like yeah. that is the image that virtually Frank Jackson is like. Looks I, that's like, like created in a that 2K body lab. type. It feels like a 2K body type. <laughs> like you a six three guard. And he went to Duke, yeah. uh, which is where Jackson went. Um, you know, this is a real intriguing stretch that the Nets have coming up because it's five games on the West Coast. You know, I'm including Chicago on the West Coast just because it's simpler to say it as such. Um, five games in a row on the road. Portland, Phoenix, who's like one of the early season surprises. Utah, which has kind of been slightly disappointing, but, you know, the best defensive team in the NBA. Denver Nuggets, of course, and then the Bulls. The Bulls aren't that great at basketball either, but... You know, that's the fifth game of a five-game road trip. It's Saturday at 6 o'clock, a very odd time to play basketball. Um, You know, it's like all these games have added weight now that Kyrie Irving is on the nets. Like this team, there's no more of like just feeling yourself out and the team getting into a rhythm. Yes, they can lose eight in a row, but then they can win eight in a row and everything is okay. The lows we used to not care about the lows as much just because everything was a depressing pit of despair. Now we have Kyrie Irving and it's like, okay, they, 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 every loss then there's this added weight to it. This five game road swing in November is crucial. Like the Nets have to come out of this thing with more than one win. You would think, because then if they're four and eight, that's like that, that feels pretty bad. Um, but it's like, where do you get the wins? Where, where's the, where are the Nets going to get the wins? It, well, it's, Mike, it's important. Yes, don't Mike. forget about the Chinese rust element here. Okay, I feel like you've forgotten already. <laughs> okay, that's supposed to last you until like April. That Chinese rust. I will say, after this five-game stretch of being out on the road and nominally on the West Coast, though, is Chicago west of the Mississippi? Don't ask me questions like that live on stream, okay? Don't, after don't, that. Don't, don't you do that. After that, it's the Nets' biggest rival, the Pacers. It's the team that it feel like the Nets play like 18 times a year. Don't know how that's the case. It's the Pacers, Hornets, the Kings who aren't playing well. Those are all at home. Then it's at the Knicks, Cleveland, Boston. Bo- and then we at the Boston, Boston, back to, like, not back to back, but two games back to back in the schedule around Thanksgiving. So the rest of just November is this weird, strange West Coast trip versus a bunch of bad, then a bunch of bad teams at home. And then you get this Boston Kyrie homecoming, which is just something I'm not excited about. I'm no. I'm anxious about that game. That's um, going to be a bad one. Um, true boy, Captain Marvelous. Again, this is an interesting one. Are the games fun to watch for you guys? Because for me, even in wins, it's not fun watching zero defense and oodles of turnovers. Um I will say that last night I watched it the way that I'm used to watching Nets games with like arms folded a little incredulous and and sort of doubting their ability to get the win ultimately, like no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to to say that I didn't enjoy it, it would be like 
that's sort of what I'm used to. I don't know what enjoyment sure. is watching <laughs> basketball anymore, I guess. <laughs> that part of me is dead. Um, but so it feels natural. It feels very like it feels like home to me still, which is I don't know what I was expecting, but um, I'd never really ever since the Minnesota, that first loss with Minnesota, I was like, okay, now we got to watch. Now we got to keep an eye out for this team. It's not going to be the story, this, you know, storybook ending here this season. I mean, it's not not necessarily it's not quite like this, but I've been listening to binge mode. They've been going through Star Wars and the Nets are almost like the the not the original trilogy, but then the, the original prequels, episodes one, two and three. They're not that bad, but it's of the thing of like there's a lot of bad stuff that you could point out with the Nets like you could in those movies. But there's also some things that are good. Um, Kyrie is the Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi lightsaber battle. Or yeah. the Yoda, Count Dooku lightsaber battle, which which I remember as a kid, like, Googling, like not Googling. Well, I probably was on Google. Like, that was one of the first YouTube things I tried to discover was was that on YouTube. That <laughs> particular Yoda, Count Dooku fight. The, what about the kid, that the lightsaber kid? Did you end up finding him? The lightsaber kid? Oh, you don't remember oh, that guy? oh yeah. thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to have to get um, again. So the this one, the Nets, that's what the Nets, they're like, okay, so it's not that great. But there are like, it's fun to watch because the bad stuff is so bad, at least defensively, that it's like easy to understand. It's not, it's not, you don't have to work that hard to understand what's wrong with the Nets. But then there's also like, this really high heights of Kyrie Irving and when Joe Harris is hitting threes and looking like perfectly coming off the screen at the top of the arc, like there are things to enjoy. And then again, there's things that are like, well, that's dude. There's tons to enjoy. I mean, like I will say of all the ISO ball in the world to watch Kyrie Irving's brand is, is maybe the most entertaining. I mean, it's pretty outstanding. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking too, because like, so the, the rockets with, with James Harden, like that has never been enjoyable. Never, no. never a fun. I mean, you can enjoy a, a, a clip on on Twitter, like a ten second thing that James Harden did. That right. Was the reality is, it is the to get to those sixteen free throws. It took some real drudgery. You and know? and look at so just look at like James Harden's stats this <clears> season, <throat> as it is with any season. But it's just so incredible how reliant he is on a free throw made to sustain the rest of the offense that he's producing. But so not fun, but Kyrie is like consistently just just everything is enjoyable. There's not a single moment of his, of his game that isn't an enjoyable thing to watch. It's just mm. a beautiful display of ball handling and shot creation, and like even so, what's been fun is the, the bench isn't as excited as last year, but this most recent game, which you probably didn't see, was Kevin Durant had like a pretty funny reaction to a Kyrie Irving shot, like. Kevin Durant was gave I mean, a stink the, face. Did you see the thumbs down thing? The, I mean, that's making its rounds. The Garrett Temple. Yeah. Lame, he kept, he continued dunk. to do it. He did it for a Spencer Dinwiddie dunk too. That's not getting any play. But so I, that's a good meme. I like it. I love that. Obviously then we had the Kenny Atkinson holding up a sign. Yeah. What do you make of the sign? Where are you at with the, where emotionally, where are you at with Kenny Atkinson <laughs> holding up a sign? <laughs> Kenny Atkinson feels like, um, that's the kind of thing I would, it's, it feels like a very Jason Kidd thing to do. And it, and it feels like we're, that's the kind of thing you do if you have like 15 more losses, <laughs> you know, yeah, like really, know. you like, he's like such a panicky dude though, that like, um, that's, that makes sense. But I mean, I like it. I like, uh, I like innovators. 
you know, he's he's mixing it up. Um, I mean, basically, I just love everything to do with Kenny Atkinson. I like the way that he looks, the way he looks in a suit. I wanted to talk to his tailor. Um, I, I like the, I like how he talks to the media afterwards. He's always like very agreeable to whatever questions being thrown his way. He's like, yeah, you know, yep. Yeah, defensively, we weren't that great today, and like, like we'll work on it. It's like you know, you seem like such a sweetheart. I agree with you completely. The sign thing is like is a thing that a bad team would do. Yeah, but it is also. An innovative thing. Obviously, if you're a college football fan, that is like riddled all throughout college football. All these spread offensive teams hold up these crazy signs with all these emojis on it, the poop emoji and all that stuff to, to you know, display plays so a quarterback can immediately get into plays. It makes sense in basketball as opposed to shouting like whatever zone. You just hold mm-hmm. up a sign because actually defense in, in basketball is like pretty readily apparent once you're in it. No one is like in a zone and then like throughout the play, the team's surprised that now they're in a zone. The surprising thing that happens is the minute, the second they get into the zone and then the other team's like, oh, they're in a zone. It's not like there's not like it's not in football where like a play is happening and then you have to diagnose a play. It's like, oh, we're yeah. pretty sure we know we're going with this ball. Here's uh, an interesting stat that I didn't check up um, on, but I've been thinking about and maybe will. Who knows? Um does DeAndre Jordan lead the league in defensive three-second violations? I feel like he must. <laughs> and also, I think it's a really dumb call. Like, I hate that. Like, we've given so many rights to shoot. Like, if you, you can't touch their fingers after they shoot the shot. You can't. Stop. you got to make room for them Stop. to land, all that stuff. Give me, give me at least the ability to do a proper zone with my big man in the middle now. Come on. Give it to me. We've given them so many rights on offense. Let's get some defensive rights. And I'm defensive. I'm this is a protest for defensive rights. Brian, you want to go second level with this? Please take me there. I, ever since we had our Tim Donahue interview, which you know this, you know, um, thank you for everyone for listening. We've got such great applause for our interview with him. Not true, but <laughs> thank you for listening. Did but, we get? I don't think we get anyone saying anything about it. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's my favorite. Besides my brother, yeah. my brother just texted me, you Tim Donahue, yeah. and my dad, who is an addicted gambler, was very oh, interested. Got it. Um, I didn't well, know that. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. I can, I can, I can tell you some stories, Brian. But wow. the. Um, the thing that Donahue says, how he actually, not that he, he, he says he never fixed a game, but the things that had the greatest impact on a game weren't late game foul calls. They were early in the game foul, foul calls. So you call something immediately in the game, it changes the guy's behavior for the rest of the game. And it's obvious the refs are like coming at DeAndre Jordan because because he probably did it a lot in his time with the Mavericks and the Clippers. And they also know that the Nets throw out more unique defenses than a lot of other teams. So they know that, like, okay, we have DeAndre Jordan who did it a lot in the past, and we have this Nets team that does a lot of zone and a lot of, like, holding back on D in terms of putting their center back in pick-and-roll situations. I just think they, like, they were like, we're going to call this immediately to get this out of the way because – we don't want to get yelled at by the other coach for like, hey, why is DeAndre Jordan allowed to just sit back there under the hoop? That's what I'm thinking. Mm. And also the NBA hates the Nets. That's the other, that's that's the the other side. Thing. That's the big one. Um, Triboy Lucas J1187 says, thoughts on signing Stephen A. Smith to uh, replace Wilson Chandler now that we can add another guy to the roster. Um, good, hot, spicy take. Um, there's an actual element of – truth to that because let's say deandre deandre jordan is properly injured um we are very light up front and i'm not sure nick claxton is ready for that amount of minutes um 
what's going on? Do we need to to start canvassing for some for some bodies? What's going on, Mike? Uh, so you have me googling free agent centers, which is never like that much fun to do. But I will do this right now to figure out who is the DeAndre Jordan replacement. Wow. And good. I'm not producing a list that is all that exciting for me. Mm-hmm. They trade the price you trade for Taco Fall. I guess that's the way to do it. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, and is it possible that we could trade with the Knicks? Like, is that just like de, de facto a non-starter just because they are like quote unquote rivals or whatever? Like, I mean, I want me some Bobby Portis. I'll take Todd Gibson in a pinch. Like, give me something. So, I mean, you know, comparable within the market is that for the first time, the Jets and Giants pulled off a trade at, for the first time ever. It happened this trade deadline. Leonard Williams went over to the Giants, and I guess the Jets, you know, who cares what they got? But it it could happen. I doubt it, though. Did you see that the Kyrie billboard is now posted up outside Madison Square Garden? Did you see? I did not see that. Okay, so there's apparently my Twitter tells me via multiple people that there's a gigantic Kyrie Irving Nike billboard outside MSG saying something to the effect of, I knew I'd always come home. And, I mean, if, if we want to be in this way, if we want to be actually probably think about why it's there, it's because it gets a lot of attention because, of course, everyone thought Kyrie would go to the Knicks and Nike puts a billboard outside of where the Knicks are and saying he wanted to go home and who he went home to is actually the Nets and it harkens back to the... <laughs> Prokhorov, Jay-Z, the the infamous, one of the most infamous uh, signage ever in the history of New York State. Mm -hmm. Um, It harkens back to that. So uh, that billboard, uh, I don't think, helps the fact of Sean Marks pulling off a trade with uh, uh, Scott Perry. You think think they they factor that kind of stuff in? Um, I think I, I think the guy who runs that organization, as in the guy who owns the Knicks, factors in pretty much every slight. Yeah, that that true. is possible. That's true. You You're know, I kidding. want Nick Claxton. Give me Nick. I, Are you ready for some Claxton minutes, huh? I'm ready for. He looks fantastic out there on the bench. Give me some Claxton minutes. I'm going to give you probably 15 minutes of Claxton, but before your your tune changes mightily. <laughs> but, let's see. Can Busa play uh, center? It's worth it's worth it to find out. Um, do you want to do the voicemail yes. thing? Yes. Yeah. So, we, uh, so we're we going to continue to do this all season long, and we appreciate everyone who has done it in the past. We Netspod at Gmail is our email. Send in emails and voicemails to there. We'll, we'll address them on the show. We have one from, I believe it's Lou Estevez, Brian? Uh, yeah, true boy. Um, okay, this is from Lou. Um, I'm going to play it right now. Hola, mis hermanos Pegamente. What's up, glue guys? It's Lou Estevez. Uh, really excited for this season. Just wanted to drop a message real quick and let you guys know. First off, congrats on all the uh, the, the the new marketing, marketing, marketing that you guys are doing. Uh, love to see you guys doing well with The Athletic and, uh, and reaching all kinds of success podcast-wise. Uh, much props to you guys. Well-deserved. Uh, secondly, the Nets. I'm totally on the Brian camp here. Um, I don't think there's a need to panic. I think concern is somewhat warranted because we're missing passes and, and the team doesn't look like it's gelling just right. That's But that's totally to be expected. I don't anticipate this team to start off playing 
perfectly team basketball uh, right off the bat because um, you have such an influx of new players. You you have you traded one ball dominant guard for another ball dominant guard, um, and huge turnover. You don't have Damari Carroll anymore being a veteran presence on the floor. Uh, that was supposed to be Chandler, but he's not around. So you know you have a lot of people out there have played together. Um, last year this happened as well with less turnover. Uh, I would say. And we started two and five. We seem to be headed that route again. The thing is, we have more talent this year. So I think once we get it together, we are going to have a better record moving forward once we are able to get it together. And then uh, we should we should achieve the success that we were expecting. So I'm I'm not in any panic right now. I think we'll be okay. So just wanted to drop that by loving the new podcast format, loving how you guys are are doing, uh, you know, Twitch and doing um, uh, uh, all, all the other multimedia marketing, marketing, marketing level stuff. Uh, keep up the awesome work and uh, looking forward to an awesome season. Later, boys. Wow. What, wow. what a delight. What did uh, you, you know what? Check, checked all the boxes. A real compliment <laughs> sandwich there. That was perfect. Yeah, literally um, the only box that matters yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but for real, thank you, Lou. That was like incredibly kind. And it actually such a sounded, sounded good. Sounded good yeah. on audio. Um, a lot hey of guys, that, that could be you, though, guys. Send in your voicemails to netspod at gmail.com because now we have this cool thing called Clean Feed where we can actually listen to them together live. So um, we can do it easily now, and you should be on the show, netspod at gmail.com. What's the best kind of email you could send, Brian, to our show? What, what kind of thing are we looking for? I like voicemails, and I like crazy emails. I had one guy um, <laughs> just email a picture of um, – <laughs> wait, what the – Mila Ilich? Is that his name? Um, or like a seven-foot Serbian like center from like 2008 or something. Okay. Um, do you remember this guy? You wouldn't have been watching it this time. But he was, uh, he was like a Euro stash that played like five minutes. Um, that was a great email. Um, same guy, I think, sent a, a picture of Bobby Simmons not long after. Um, those are good, and, the, and actually insight, insightful voicemails like Lou Estevez just had. Those are also really, really good for us. And Brian, I just want to tell you, weekends are made for football. And with so many college and pro games on the slate, you didn't know this was happening, did you? This is exciting, Brian. The DraftKings Sportsbook app can make your weekend even better. Actually, now that I think about it, with all the hoops and hockey action going on, the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get you in on the action 24-7, 365 days a year. This week, DraftKings is running a special promo for the Battle of New York on Sunday, Brian. Just place a bet on either the Giants or the Jets to win and get $10 for every touchdown scored by your team's quarterback. And then ask me to briefly discuss which quarterback or team you like on Sunday. I don't like either of the teams. If there's a way to bet to for neither quarterback to score a touchdown, I would do that because I think that is the way to get it done. Wait, Brian, do you care about either the Giants or the Jets? Do you care? No, I don't. I mean, I tried to care about the Jets at one point, but I can't. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code QUICK for a limited time, and all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's code QUICK. For all new and existing users to get a deposit bonus of up to $500, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Deposit bonus requires 25 times played through. Restrictions apply. Seaside for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Wow. Um, Spe- speaking of that, I kind of want to get into gambling. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I, have, looking- I have an app for you. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have oh. a very easy app for you. It's called DraftKings Sportsbook. Well, yeah, I want to get like an actual like scary bookie though. I think is the way I want to do it. <laughs> um, I'm sure you can still find one. So that those people around they though, still got them. You know what that is? That's illegal, and we don't condone I- illegalities. Is that what you right? Would say? And also, right. we have DraftKings, so yeah. Should do so that. use it. Use it the legal way. That's that's the way that we do would like. You know, and if you're, I would do like. It, can you, know. you stream the gambling element? I would like to for the stream do some some communal gambling. I think that'd be fun. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. Maybe we can get DraftKings involved on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We could be right there. And- <laughs> this still feels like part of the sponsor. It's not. It, no, <laughs> it this is like feels trying like trying to link yeah. everything. <laughs> um, very exciting. Yeah. So um, let's go Nets. The finally we should finish up. I just had one question for you, Brian. This is just oh. one. Okay. And I'm kind of putting you on the spot, so I don't. I, oh I understand if you're not ready quite yet, and I can go ahead of you if you want time to think. I probably will. My one question, okay? The, the Nets are whatever they are right now, you know, in the state of flux. Give me your one biggest concern and the one thing that makes you feel the best about the team. And if you want me to go first, I will to dive right into it so it gives you time to think. Uh, I mean, I can give you my the best one first. Sure. I mean, I'm just really uh, – I'm glad that Kyrie Irving came as expected, f- freshly minted. I feel really confident in his physical prowess. I don't have any questions about his like ability to do the things that he's supposed to do, which that's a safety – that's a that's – a, that's a, a, a nice warm feeling that I'll allow to wash over me, you know? Yeah, I, Every night. I, I so it's like I've talked. It's so incredible for me. The it's not, 180 isn't even an accurate description of the direction of which I've changed. I'm, it's like I've hopped planets. I mm. was on flat Earth. I, I guess now I am living on flat Earth. If I could be on any there planet, I, I'm, I'm staring out onto the horizon. I can see limitless, you know, potential with this guy. It 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 is you know it is. I've never felt more assured about a certain Nets player. Ever, right? Like D'Angelo Russell was great and he was an all-star, but the level of like like uh my feeling of like understanding of how great Kyrie Irving is and how like in particular points of the game the ball is in his hands, I'm gonna feel phenomenal. Like even when KD comes back, it's it's still gonna be so dominant to Kyrie. Um I can't wait for KD to come back. But Kyrie could not have had a better opening least individually than than what he's done so far yeah we've had the moodiness article and you know there's been things right he won't take off his hat in china who cares i'm actually kind of now thinking back on it i'm glad for the timing of the moodiness article because you really can't publish another one of those for like a while otherwise it'll it'll seem like like it'll be laying into it too heavily and then people will be suspicious of the media you know in ways that they'll already are um but i think like get it out of the way you know get that it's not a searing indictment it's just a tiny one and now it's out there and it's out of the way i i love your optimism though (laughs) working in the media as i do Uh, a man of the media i can guarantee are you talking about are you a global coastal elite I I am a global. I am I am the the coastaliest, globaliest, yeah. Yeah. elitiest 
person possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, son um, of a bitch. I've only lived in DC and New York City basically my entire life. The two <laughs> ivory towers of ivory towers. The, if, the two swamps. If there was another Lord of the Rings novel, it would be called The Two Ivory Towers, and I would be Sauron, uh, I guess. Right? Those are things. I don't really. Lord of yeah. the Rings wasn't really my bag. Yeah. Sure. More of a Harry Potter. Have you tried watching, besides the end battle in Two Towers, have you tried watching Lord of the Rings movies? I actually put one on not long ago and was really surprised at how, um, like... Those those special effects did not age well. I hate to say it. Those some they they really are not so. But again, it's like what is it? Twenty years old now. So right, how much would, how judgmental can we be? So, um, so yeah, yeah. So I guess what we're talking about is I love Kyrie Kyrie Irving. Um, what were we before that? The, the biggest concern, well, you know, to to blandly say the defense, but more of like. I don't know where they're going to go to improve the defense is my biggest concern. Meaning it's not like like on certain teams, like the Magic are phenomenal defensively, but bad offensively. And it's because like Aaron Gordon's not playing all that well. He's not shooting well. And they don't really have a point guard, right? But that's a problem. That's a systemic problem. But like you can see there's guys on the team that that will eventually play better offensively. Defense, though, is like a uh, – I think that's a thing that is built with inside of one's person. Oh, wow. And I – Gross. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know where this team goes to improve defensively. They, like, they've done the Nawaba thing, and they're like not really loving the, the results of that. Like Garrett Temple can only be Garrett Temple. Um, like we, I would want Rodions to play more because I think he can add something defensively, more of a menacing profile out there, though he is not seeming like he understands how he played last year and how he's playing this year. Like there's no corollary. So my biggest concern is, like, I unfortunately think the lack of defense may be a fatal flaw right now. But, you know, let's maybe – maybe I'll be proved wrong. Um, let's hope you are. Uh, your boy, Captain Marvelous, asks, what's your prediction for the road trip, Mike? Um, oh. Hmm. I'm a little spooked. Did you saw that Suns game last night? They look pretty good, man. Uh, I'm – I'm quite spooked. I like the spacing of the games. No back to back. Stupid Suns get so good. Like, what's going on there? Um, you know what? Everyone just did like a. They got thrashed this offseason. Like for the first time, people just came out of the woodwork and were like, "This is one of the worst franchises in professional sports." And then now they're just fine. Yeah, I don't know if everyone remembers, but they did like a bunch of weird cap maneuvering things that like they would trade away a salary and then take in a salary. Like they kept ruining – like they traded away T.J. Warren to get salary space to go after D'Angelo Russell. And then they traded for Aaron Baines, which ruined their cap space. And then, you know, they signed Ricky Rubio to a big contract. But like I think if you look overall, and it's early in the season, and of course the Suns may be the Suns, what they did was they added a couple of guys – who defense is a thing for them, like in Rubio and Aaron Baines. And for a team that was, you know, a young, pretty horrifically bad defensive team, you kind of add those pieces and it becomes more the balance. It's more of a balanced team and they'll always be able to score enough, particularly when DeAndre Ayton comes back. So like, it's kind of like what the Nets are, you know, the Nets will always be able to score. I wish there was a maneuver that they could make to add like a really sure defensive piece, but it's just going to be hard with the Nets roster to make any of those trades because they don't really have, they have a lot of tradable assets for big things, but for a small piece like that, not, it's actually kind of hard. 
Um, so there you yeah. go. Um, let's give it a number though, Mike. Have some grab, grab your huevos. Let's yes. do it. Say yes. it. Okay. It's going to be two and three. I don't know where this, this the first win, hopefully, or one of the wins is going to be the Bulls. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I have some faith that they're going to win one of the game. Like they're going to have a good enough other game. Maybe the Suns don't actually play as well as we think, or maybe they outscore the Jazz to such a degree that that's the game, the dichotomy of styles. But I'll go two and three. It's safe to as safe as you could predict two and three. That's as lame as you could be, but that's what I'm doing. Um. Yeah, I'll go with that. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I but don't know. <laughs> yeah, but then after that, they go and they win. They could win five <laughs> games in a row. Rattling off W's after that. Never fear, everybody. Don't lose your minds over this. It's no big deal. Um, I will say that I'm planning to stream, uh, hang out with the Jazz Nuggets game. I'm going to be away this weekend, Mike. But um, when we're back in the saddle next week, everyone should hang out and do some uh, a, str- a streaming meme. You know, just to hang out. Very cool. The, for those late games, do you want to do that, Mike? You want to be there for that? Mm, probably not. But God, I love you. God, where where when do you watch these games? I, replays? I usually watch them, but I, it's like the whole thing of like I have them on my phone because my wife and I are doing things. We're, what is we're this? parents. We have to clean. Oh, God. The, the amount of things you have to do beyond just like the, the in-person parenting of your child, the auxiliary things are, are what get to you. Those are God. the things. It's not like the in front of you, is he alive? It's more of like. Okay, then we have to cook stuff. You know, no one, no one cares about this. No one in Twitch world cares about the parenting. No, it's horrifying. Me. Everybody, everyone's feeling super uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> just kidding. No, that well, that sounds nice. Um, but for everybody else, um, let's hang out. So expect to um, have that going. Um, anything else, Mike, that we want to touch on, or are we good to go? I think we're good to go. I mean, again, road trip, big road trip. Nets are great. Kyrie Irving's a Hall of Famer. Um, Joe Harris, the Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's it. Good. Nick suck. Um, yeah, suck on that. They do. They do suck. Um, dude, that's been good. Um, but anyways, we can touch on that later. Well, let's get out of here. Yep. Uh, thank you all for listening. Netspot at Gmail to send in emails. iTunes, five stars. We didn't want to have them. The Athletic. I mean, if you want to get 40% off an annual subscription, you, I behoove you to do it. Behoove. Uh, I behoove you. It behooves you. It behooves you. Theathletic.com slash glue guys, not the glue guys, slash glue guys. 40% off an annual subscription. It's a great gift for the holidays, Brian. That's what I'm telling people. Great gift for the holidays. Really cool. And there's a bunch of holidays coming up. It could also just be a Thanksgiving gift. Surprise someone in your life with a Thanksgiving gift. Very few people do that. I would do that. That's what I'm going to do for my sp- – I'm going to get her athletic subscription. <laughs> um, where's my athletic subscription? Like, gift me one. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I've got one. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else, Brian? No, that's all. Um, thanks for having hanging out, everybody. Um, yeah. And thanks for having me, Mike, as, as always. Yeah, boy. Yeah.